So just about a year ago, we were on an impromptu Zoom call with Elon Musk. I know, it was crazy, and we'll talk about it. But he had just bought Twitter, and he was looking for advice on how he can make the platform better for creators. Now, a lot has happened since then. Don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. And as you probably know, the conversation is really heating up right now because Mr. Beast finally posted a video on X and shared how much money he made from it. Today on The Con and Smear Show, we're going to tell you what we talked about on that call and share our thoughts for what really matters when it comes to posting videos on Twitter. X. X? X. I can't call it X, Con. So it was the end of December in 2022. We had just like, you know, broke, meaning like you went home, <laughs> we were on break. Mentally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, our company was yeah. on break. Yeah. You're in California. Yeah. I'm in New Jersey. And on one day notice, we get asked by people at Twitter if we want to join a call the next day with a bunch of YouTube creators and Elon Musk. And the, yeah, the answer was like, of course, like this is super interesting. It's exciting. There, we, there was a lot of promise at that time, shortly after Elon had bought Twitter, that maybe this could be the next big creator economy platform. And because we were being asked to be on this call, that we could have input into how could this become a good platform for creators? So that day comes. I have a question for you. Yeah. When Elon gets on the call, uh -huh. it was amazing. It just went silent. Yeah, it went silent. Was anyone else in the room with you? No. Okay. I got to be honest. I forgot we had the call. Yeah, I remember that. You texted me <laughs> I right texted before. You. Well, I texted you. You weren't on the call. I was like, Colin, you need to get on this call, dude. So I quickly get my stuff together. Yeah. I go into another room. Yeah. I hop on the call. Elon joins the call. And then I quickly put it on mute, go into the next room and show everyone. I'm like, because <laughs> they had no idea. Everyone was, I was with had no idea. Because you had no idea. Because I had yeah. no idea <laughs> that in five minutes I was going to be on a call with Elon right. Musk. Right. So that was my headspace. Yeah. So the whole call went silent because it is like, you know, that's, it's a pretty unique experience to have a Zoom call with Elon Musk, obviously. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, you know, like when he first hopped on, like he wanted to get caught up in the conversation, but Largely, he was interested in the difference between YouTube and Twitter. Like, how does YouTube treat its creators? Because I think if you if you zoom out, like YouTube is obviously the leader in creator platform relationships. Mm -hmm. And so the the beginning of the conversation was largely, you know, Elon asking questions about like, how does YouTube work? Why are you guys all so into YouTube? Yeah, and you started off the conversation by talking about how there is a clear exchange of value on YouTube between creators and the platform. And there's a lot of data transparency. We know what does well and how we will get paid. That's one of the most important things for every platform to recognize. And I think maybe creators know it or don't know it, but when we're on YouTube, we understand how we fit into the ecosystem of YouTube. And I actually think understanding the ecosystem of the platform, how the platform makes money, even in the most you know simple ways, there's obviously a lot we don't know, but in the most simple ways, what we understand is we upload videos to YouTube, YouTube sells advertising on our videos, and they share some of that ad revenue with us. Like that just clean cut understanding creates an incentive for us to operate the way we operate. And it's a business partnership. We know that we get 55%. Yeah and they get 45%, mm -hmm. and we have a lot of very sophisticated analytics about how that 55% mm -hmm. 
is broken down, like where the money comes from on the platform. And also, again, like how we become more valuable to the platform. Can we drive more watch time? Because more watch time means we have higher fill rates, meaning more ads on our videos. And that's positive for the entire ecosystem, us and you and the audience, right? So like uh, as, as a whole, we deeply understand the exchange of value between us and YouTube. So that was the first part of the conversation. And we said that also to emphasize how not clear it was at the time mm -hmm. uh, on Twitter. Now, I do want to acknowledge, like, uh, speaking to someone like him was was uh, one of the more unique experiences of of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, um, he he was incredibly attentive and like really deeply listened, and also very blunt. And I find that the the those two traits to be um, pretty common amongst like just people who do things at large scales. They do a lot of listening. They like mm -hmm. a lot of digesting. Uh, and say few words, but very like blunt words. And that that was the experience in talking to him. Yeah, I mean, I think he said this publicly, but he also said it on the call. Everything is broken. Like he was like, <laughs> it's not that surprising yeah. that uh, things aren't going that great. Yeah. Because from what I can tell from the inside, a lot of things are broken. So so we talked a lot about YouTube value exchange, um, really just the frictionless, once you're in the partner program, the frictionless environment of like, we upload videos and we get paid, right? Like mm -hmm. that was that was a very uh, clear explanation from all of us creators, like this is how it works. So naturally the conversation started to get into advertising, mm -hmm. advertising on Twitter. And Elon brought up something pretty interesting I hadn't thought about before. He talked about how the way Twitter works uh, they're optimizing for session time. They want people to stay on Twitter longer. Now, when you see ads in your feed, the ads that are less engaging will actually keep you on the platform longer because if they were engaging, you would click and you would leave. Mm -hmm. So he said that we're optimizing for ads that people don't like, and that needs to change. Right. At scale, he he had, he had shared some ideas with us, which was really interesting. One of the ideas that he shared was, what if we put ads in the replies? So wherever the most engaged conversation is on Twitter, can we understand what that conversation is about and then put ads, right? So if there's a conversation about basketball, can we throw in a Dick Sporting Goods ad in, in that mm -hmm. conversation? In a more relevant space in, for In a more ad. relevant space, which is actually the comments in the conversation. Yeah, and if the ad is being shown in a more relevant space, mm -hmm. uh, the price of that ad can go up, right? Because you're targeting right. the audience yeah. more specifically. So the ad should be more effective. And that was an interesting idea. He he was throwing out some some new and unique ideas about advertising, uh, but largely the call was really explaining to Elon how and why the creator economy works, and more specifically how and why YouTube works, because it's the it's the the best platform for you know creators, advertisers, and and um, you know the, the the company. Another thing we talked about was that how on YouTube we know what success looks like. There have been you know, almost, there's been over a decade worth, if not more, of creators who have been succeeding, who are clearly at the top of YouTube, whether it be, you know, Casey Neistat, Mr. Beast, and there's a history of those creators actually sharing their monetization. So we know the style of content mm -hmm. they make, and we know that they're succeeding when it comes to monetization, and that trickles down. I, I think the monetization matters, but I think YouTube does a really good job of amplifying when there is one of those model citizen stories. Mm-hmm. I would even go as far as to say that some of those those stories are more mainstream, like Justin Bieber, 
right? Like emerged from a YouTube video. So th there became this, like you can be anyone from anywhere. And if you upload YouTube videos, there's real stories of success. Your dream can come true. And YouTube Studio is essentially guiding us to be more like better model citizens, mm -hmm. right? It's guiding us through ad suitability, monetization, uh, viewership, like all of the, the green arrows guide us towards becoming a model citizen. So developing model citizens on a platform is one of the most important things you can do. The first time I ever heard about this was when we were exploring TikTok and how it became this behemoth. Mm -hmm. And I saw a video from the founder, one of the founders talking about TikTok. Building a community from scratch is like you just discovered a new land. From wealth distribution point of view, you make sure majority of the wealth is distributed to a small percent of people. And then these people became role model for other people. And they see, hey, this is a normal guy. And he became super rich. I can do the same. So essentially what he's talking about there, I remember being shocked listening to this, but he's describing a new social platform as like a nation state and like developing new land. And you have to distribute wealth in a way that shows everyone who the model citizens are. That's a wild concept when you really think about it. But you look at TikTok, it's like Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray. Those were early, aspirational, relatable good stories of model citizens that felt like you could replicate. And that brings an influx of a certain type of content. We've never known on Twitter what a model citizen looks like. We don't know the American dream of Twitter, the person who came from nothing, started tweeting, and then became successful. Mostly what we know about is very prominent figures who come to Twitter to, to debate and talk, and they have some pre-existing level of success and come to Twitter. Mm -hmm. So that rags to riches story, uh, does not exist yet on Twitter. And what we suggested to Elon is that we need a model citizen. We need to know what we are aspiring towards. I think one of the problems that Twitter has had is that being a model citizen has nothing, has very little to do with monetization. Yeah. It has everything to do with discoverability uh, and your brand and your profile, right? Like YouTube is just hard enough that if you did it over a number of years, and you weren't making any money, you would probably stop or scale back. Twitter is so actually easy to create that you can become a model citizen. And even if you don't get paid, you're happy to get paid in discoverability, in brand awareness, right? Yeah. Like that's still yeah. the case because people aren't really making money on Twitter. So people are just happy to continue posting because it's relatively low lift and they're getting some level of brand awareness. The opportunity for the ROI of social currency or viewership currency, uh, it's a low input and a potentially high output. If you just type something and, yeah. it, and it goes viral, like it's, it's, it's low friction for potentially high reward of uh, social currency or, or viewership currency. So, you know, having this conversation with Elon was a really exciting moment. It felt like, okay, interesting. Maybe we can have some input on where this goes and, and how... Twitter or X becomes a creator platform. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what's happened since that conversation over the past year. I mean, where do we start? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> where do we start? Um, okay, let's start with ads in the replies. That has actually happened. Mm -hmm. There are ads in the replies. Now with that, there have also been a ton of advertisers who've pulled out. Yes. Because of brand safety concerns, uh, some of which has to do with 
decisions Elon has made, like things he's tweeted, some of which has to do with content just showing up next to uh, non-brand safe yeah. tweets. So this has happened in the past uh, to a platform, you know, like YouTube, right? At Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. One of the most important parts of the creator economy is advertisers. That is, the, you know, advertising is the foundation of the creator economy. So having advertisers available creates enough revenue to have cash available to share with people, mm -hmm. right? Like that ecosystem is very important. So over the past year, X has lost a lot of major advertisers. And so that's a that's a missing piece to the equation of like, how does monetization work? You know, now there's, you know, uh, Twitter Blue or maybe it's called X Blue now, which is like subscriptions. There's a bit of like a pay to play. There's kind of confusion around like, okay, we need to be verified to even be able to be potentially monetized. Um, do we get a cut of subscription revenue? Is that how monetization works? Is that the pool that mm -hmm. Elon had started talking about? Um, and I think a lot of this comes down to that conversation that we just had around model citizen. One of the issues is this is the first time we've ever experienced a prominent creator by the platform. So Elon owns the platform, which now means that no matter what, there's an argument to be made that he is the model citizen. So if you're an advertiser and you and you come here, it's like, okay, if that's what this platform's about, if that's what being a creator on this platform is, I have to agree with him to continue advertising here, right? Yeah. In some in some sense. And he's he's not the right model citizen because he's not incentivized uh by monetization on the platform. If Twitter actually or X actually cares about an ecosystem of creators making money off the platform, he's not the right model because he's not, he's again, one of those people, he's interested in brand profile, awareness, conversation, not monetization. But then you have Mr. Beast post. Perfect model citizen. Could be a perfect model citizen, right? Mm -hmm. Arguably the loudest for creators. Actually, not even arguably. You can't the, really the argue. The loudest, that. yeah. Yeah, he, he's just he, the loudest. He's the creator model citizen, right? Like mm -hmm. if Jimmy does something, we look and we go, should we be doing that? Dubbing videos. Should we be doing that? Right. And credit to him, he shares. He shares a lot, a lot of, of his journey and a lot of his monetization. Right. So huge opportunity for Elon to develop a model citizen. So in November of 2022, so this is you know around the time we had the call uh, in in that like back half of the year, Jimmy said he'd be shocked if X creator payouts could compete with YouTube, and and Jimmy jokingly asked to become the the CEO of X, and he was granted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If 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 something happened. Yeah. Something happens. This year, a year later, he Jimmy still hadn't done anything with X, right? Had not uploaded any videos. But in December, he said that his videos cost too much to produce to post on X. He said he'll only post when monetization is really cranking. <laughs> Golden opportunity. So I imagine he was in contact with the platform and someone told him, hey, monetization is really <laughs> cranking. Maybe. Or he was just like, hey, let's honestly or he's just like, try, let's this, just out try this out. Yeah, because we had been talking about it for a long time. I like let's to think someone yeah. called him and said, hey, it's really cranking. Yeah, maybe. And then he was like, okay. Who knows? Upload. So Elon then, you know, in January of this year, said that creator rewards will increase significantly this year. Um, he said that 80,000 creators have been paid through X. I don't know many creators who have who have experienced monetization through X. We, we certainly have not yet. Um, and then, you know, shortly after Jimmy posts a full-length video, $1 car versus $100 million car in full on X and says that he'll share the revenue results. So most of you have 
you know, are plugged into this story. We know what what has happened here. Um, there's so many important caveats to what just happened, right? A ton. So let's let's go through the tweet uh, that has the results. Jimmy says, my first X video made over $250,000, but it's a bit of a facade. Advertisers saw the attention it was getting and bought ads on my video, I think, and thus my revenue per view is probably higher than what you'd experience. Now, that's not surprising to me. No. That the first time anyone of Jimmy's size decides to post a video on X, uh, the revenue should not be a model you should follow. This is a Super Bowl-style event. Like, it's the first time he's posting something. The content was not the conversation. The fact that he posted the content was the conversation. Like, this was the moment Mm. uh, that the platform was following, which makes it a unique opportunity for advertisers to get involved, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like there is a thriving ecosystem where this has been happening and it's just like every other video. Yeah, it's just a moment. It's it's also like, you know, it's an old piece of content. So like, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of people have seen this piece of content on YouTube. It's not new, but it's what's novel is that he posted it here. Um, it's hard to take much from this. It really is. We also don't know how it's calculated or how it's paid out. Mm-hmm. So th- there's not a lot that we can actually glean from this. You know, there was a lot of conversation around the platform was promoting this and that it was being played as an ad. And then, you know, there was some conversation from X that like, because there was a dedicated pre-roll that that then surfaced to more people, whatever happened, obviously the, the large, you know, macro narrative that we know is that X needs a good story around creator monetization. They need a model citizen. This was a massive opportunity for them. Um, I think the next step for them, my advice to them would be to start really cranking on analytics. Right. As soon as you possibly can. Yeah. So that we actually do know where the revenue came from. So he could share, like, even, is this from the U.S.? Is this from Mm -hmm. pre-roll? How much of it's from the Shopify bought spend? You know what I mean? Like, we want to know every single thing about this. Yeah. So that we can benchmark it against the next upload. Yeah. And he's already put out his next upload. And if the revenue keeps going down, there's way less promise. It's a tough spot for Twitter right now because they kind of have to keep those payments up. (laughs) But if we can just take a step back for a second, like why does this matter? Like why does it matter to post videos here? To creators at large? Yeah. I think it matters because uh, we've spoken about this, but if we are making one piece of video content, Mm -hmm. most of us are obviously making it for YouTube, but it could be posted on other platforms. Uh, and generate revenue. That's huge. We've already made the video. Yeah. But if we could find new audience and new revenue on a different platform. I guess that is the large, you know, macro trend that we're trying to look for. How can we produce one piece of content and monetize it in many ways? The, the, The same week, a very small amount of people read the story that Jimmy also started distributing videos on Billy Billy in China. That's syndication, right? Translate it into, into uh, different languages, Mandarin, Chinese, and, and put it on Billy Billy, which is a platform where people do not have access, like it, it, they do not have access to YouTube. Now it's, that's honest new audience on a video platform. It received millions of views and we didn't talk about it. 
right? And and I think that's the interesting thing is that like Twitter is a very loud narrative right now. Everyone's waiting to see what happens. But if the macro conversation is around syndication, there's much more interesting stories. Like Billy Billy is super interesting with with video in China. Mm-hmm. OTT apps are really interesting, like the Dude Perfect app, or we we covered it in the published press, but like what Eric did with Wild Vision to launch his own app, like seeing people move into TV apps is interesting where they take their content and put it somewhere else. I, I struggle to think that the narrative around Twitter video is that interesting. Well, it's interesting because it feels like it is a conversation taking place between two of the most famous people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. That's why it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? If if this was an experiment happening with a smaller creator and a CEO that no one knew. It's not as interesting. Not as interesting. Yeah. Like, that's this is this is two incredibly famous, loud people mm-hmm. having an interaction. So it, it let you know, from what we just said, syndication is one reason why this matters. You yeah. make one piece of content, can you monetize it in two places or three places? That is a huge chapter of the creator economy right now. Mm-hmm. If you look at um, TV, you know that's that was a huge part of television too. You make a great show, and then you syndicate that show to other networks. Right? There's a window where it's okay. Like Friends was live on. Uh, I don't even know where it was it live. Fox or something? TBS? TBS? No, it wasn't. TBS on. must have been syndication. TBS is where the syndication was. This does not matter. But <laughs> yeah. The Office, NBC. That's a real like older millennial okay, okay, moment. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go. Yeah, that was too millennial. Let's go here. NBC. The Office. NBC. The Office was on NBC, and then eventually it was on Netflix. And like Netflix is where it got syndicated to, right? Like that's you make it once, you can monetize it twice. That's mm-hmm. interesting for content creators. Um, that's one reason it matters. But there's some other reasons why video on Twitter matters, and I think one of the most important is discovery and network effects. Network effects is something that we should not take lightly when it comes to Twitter video. When we post something on Twitter and someone like a Mr. Beast likes it, that then gets surfaced into people who follow Mr. Beast's feed, right? It's one of the best parts about Twitter. It would be incredible yeah. if when a larger YouTuber commented on your video, it was more likely for your video to surface uh, to people that like that creator. Yeah. Especially for us in our early years, mm-hmm. because we were speaking to creators. We had creators in our comments and in our conversation, but sometimes those videos were still sitting at like five to 10,000 views. Right, right. But that's a marker of your community. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter, it is definitely one of the, the best things for creators is that network effect, especially small creators. Jules Turpak, who's a creator, uh, uploads her videos to YouTube as well as Twitter. Her videos on Twitter do much better because of network effects. Because very prominent people, people of influence on Twitter, watch the videos, like, comment, and that gets surfaced into other people's feeds. So she now has access to hundreds of thousands of people on Twitter because she posts videos there. When we say the videos do much better, yeah, I think we need to talk about potentially what that means. Okay, Because the same video, The Power of TikTok Edits, on Twitter has, the last time I checked, around like 200,000 views. Yeah. On YouTube, that video has around 10,000 views. Mm-hmm. So in terms of viewership, that is vastly different. What we don't know is-, is Just a quick video. note, that has 500,000 views. Oh my Twitter. gosh, yeah. 500,000. So, but here, what we don't know, but what we yeah. don't know is viewing behavior. And what a view is. And what a view is. Because my assumption is that even with 10,000 views on YouTube, 
it's more likely that those people watched more of that video. Mm-hmm. The watch time is probably much higher and they will remember that video tomorrow. They will remember the brand of Jules Turpak because of the time they spent on YouTube. That's my assumption because of how people watch YouTube. Mm-hmm. Potentially they watched it on their TV. They lean back and watch the whole thing at 40 minutes. But if you look at Twitter, 500,000 views, that is a huge difference. And she's able to tag all of the people she talks about in the chapter markers in the tweet. So all of those people can be notified that they were talked about in her video and can right. engage with it. And then it goes into their feeds. Yeah. That's incredible. You brought up a concept that I think is really important. Again, as we look at this, I what I want to provide is like some insight for creators exploring if they should upload to Twitter as well. Uh, one of the things that I think we are really trying to optimize for this year and that I think a lot of creators should is memorable views. So there's a difference between what you just said, a memorable view and a, I guess we'll call it a forgettable view. An like imp- An impression. An maybe. impression, yeah. It's on platforms like Twitter or TikTok where you are firing through a feed, there's a much higher probability that you are producing a forgettable view you're producing something that someone looks at, enjoys in that moment while they're waiting in line for the bathroom, and then forgets about two hours later. It just filled that moment for them. But when you produce something long form on YouTube, they're spending a lot of time with it, or podcasts, like they're listening to it for a very long period of time, or they have a relationship with you because you've been producing every Monday for a certain amount of time on YouTube. Those are memorable views. They are sitting with their friends at you know lunch and bringing up this thing they heard or this video that they watched. And I think- uh, the the big debate and the big conversation that has come up since Mr. Beast has posted on X is that not all views are created equal. And that, that's been true for a very long time across a lot of platforms, content, audiences. But more than ever now, not all views are created equal because of short form feeds, because of places like X where you have impressions and you have uh, you know fast moving consumer behavior versus somewhere like YouTube where you settle into a video and you probably, it probably sticks with you for longer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do think like maybe someone like Lex Friedman, who's posting full length podcasts on Twitter, maybe what's happening is that you are publishing reminders to large groups of people that you do this thing right? Like when I see Lex on Twitter post a full length podcast, I go, oh yeah, I should watch, I should listen to Lex's podcast. Yeah. And I go over to Spotify to listen to it. I start the first minute or so, yeah, maybe. Jeff Bezos episode was a great example. That was on YouTube, Twitter, and Spotify. I think for a successful creator, there there's not much harm in posting it across platforms. I just don't know if the actual expectation from a consumer on on Twitter I've been bouncing between Twitter and X like crazy. Does everyone else do this now? Yes. Okay. I don't think the actual assumption for the consumer on Twitter is that they're going to sit and watch the full thing. No. And I don't know if that will ever change for Twitter. Okay. Question, how can it change? How can video work on Twitter? Because I do think there is a type of video that works really well on Twitter. What I don't think will work on Twitter is long form video. Maybe the podcast thing will work because you can listen when the app is closed. Well, but I really don't see a future where long-form video works on Twitter unless there is some sort of app similar to YouTube where you can watch on a TV or an ecosystem of just the long videos on Twitter. Like, they need to create a space 
where my expectation is that I will watch long video. So I believe that if the video is exclusive, it probably works no matter what. And it's good. I have to you know, qualify that. It has to be exclusive and good. So if Lex Friedman's Jeff Bezos episode is exclusively on X, like it never, it's never posted anywhere else, then you probably are going to go listen to it there. I agree with you. But my issue there is that I don't think that's sustainable, especially for a company like Twitter. No, it's- Because yeah. you have to pay for that. To pay a lot of money for You that. have to pay a lot of money for exclusivity. Yeah. They tried that in 2016, 2017 with the NFL. Right. Which would have been potentially- Wait, what do you mean? Explain that. Like uh, live rights for the games. Oh my God, I totally forgot Remember about that. Remember that? Yeah. That would have been a perfect example because the conversation on Twitter is in a moment, it mm -hmm. is live. So watching a game- on Twitter and being able to chime in, right, at the same time. Now imagine that like you can send that game to your TV screen and watch on your TV, sure. you're sitting on your couch, you're engaging in the conversation. If they could handle that payment and afford that, then great. They have like this perfect app so where you can watch what's live, what's actually happening and talk about it in the same place. I think, I think that brings into the conversation like conversational video. Right, so like a video that sparks a conversation uh, probably works on Twitter. I think about the Humane AI pin announcement. If you're unfamiliar with that, that's like an AI company that announced this crazy pin that like projects onto your hand. We'll play some B-roll so you understand it. Yeah. It did 15 million views on Twitter. Large conversation that day. Do you remember when that dropped? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did 280,000 views on YouTube. Yeah. If you want to drive conversation and you have some brand new, interesting video that like new tech, new announcement, uh, I would go to Twitter for that. Where would you go if you want to watch that video now? Twitter. I would search YouTube. Really? Yeah. See, for me, I, I would go to Twitter to see it because I'm interested in what the conversation was about it. Mm. There's no comment. They even turned the comments off on YouTube. I don't know why, but uh, YouTube comments have never been prioritized to YouTube. So conversational videos, sometimes, yeah, interesting. Like there will be a conversation here on YouTube about this, right? About what everyone thinks about video on X. But if this is posted to X, maybe the conversation is more interesting, engaging. It just, sorry, I paused because I was like, should we, should we? Just realizing that yeah, we're going to post this on X? Yeah, I yeah. just realized that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weird. If anyone is currently listening to this or watching on X yeah. while this is happening, tweet, X us. X us. Post us. Yeah. What did we do? What do they do? Zeet us. Just do something yeah. to let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so like quick hits work really well. Topical videos. I think live content could work well. Sports highlights, things that are in the moment. Like if Jake Paul is boxing, I've no longer, I'm not buying the fight anymore. I'm just checking Twitter to see what happened. Right? Like whatever's the, the, the conversation of the moment. I'll watch that video of the highlights of that. But you know, I'll yeah. watch it on on. I think text. the important thing to take note of is you're talking about moments. Yeah. Again, if you wanted to watch something from an SNL episode, you're going to YouTube. You may come across it for the first time on Twitter. Yeah. Slash X. But you'll go to YouTube. There's no real behavior of developing a catalog and posting evergreen videos that will be watched for all of time. Right? Yeah. Not yet. And can you monetize videos like that at any scale? How do how does in the moment because that's news right mm -hmm. like 
I think it would have to be full Twitter takeovers of advertisers, like masthead takeovers. Like you log on to Twitter and you like there's a a brand that is fully taken over, and then we're all creating like moments and content, and then we get paid out based on impressions. I don't know because news is very different, where it's like a single channel of distribution, right? It's mm-hmm. like here's this one channel, everyone's getting the latest information here breaking news, I'm there for in-the-moment conversation, debates, whatever. And then there's high-ticket advertising when more people are watching because it's appointment viewing. But that's what Twitter is. It's appointment viewing. Like People rush to Twitter when some in something happens in the world. Like the Super Bowl, people will rush to Twitter to have a conversation about it. So does it follow the same model that news networks follow? I, I don't know. I guess it, it can't because it's so bifurcated, so fractionalized of who's driving impressions. I think the takeaway for creators here <laughs> with X is if you want to make a moment happen, X is a great place for that. Yeah. And if you're interested in discoverability and growing, mm-hmm. their network effect is better than any other platform. If yes. you're doing some sort of social hacking where you may have to tag someone who has a larger following than you do, X is the place to do that. If- now, I don't know if either of those are going to be able to translate into a business for X and for creators. I really don't know. But I think those two things are enough to keep creators posting on the platform if X can then figure out how to monetize. I think X has to move fast right now on analytics. Yeah. Um, you know, we posted our full length Mr. Beast conversation from last year on X. Uh, here, here are the analytics we have. We'll show them. It's a little confusing because it says it has like 117,000 impressions or views, but it actually has 87,000 impressions when you click through, 7,000 engagements, uh, 26,000 unique viewers, 28,000 views, and then there's some audience retention data that's that's pretty limited. It just says 100% of the people were watching at the zero second mark. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this stuff matters. Yes. Yeah, this stuff matters to us, right? Like, people saw the first frame. This this stuff matters to us. Uh, retention really matters. Uh, understanding like where drop off was really matters. Like YouTube has a really robust system for this. If you expect video creators to come here, you have to you have to give us our expectations. Mm-hmm. If by the time we post this episode, yeah, we've found out how much we've made. Yeah, we don't have monetization data here from this. Yeah. We will put it right here on the screen. Yep. If not, maybe take a guess. Put it in the comments. Yeah, how much and- do you think? And we'll pin a comment. Yeah. Yeah, we'll pin a comment about how much we made. Um, there's a lot of questions when we when we posted on X about like, what should creators care about here? Like, I think what you said is 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 right. I also think if you don't, if, you, if you're optimizing for discovery, absolutely, why not? What's, I don't see the downside to syndicating your content to X. Why? Like, why, why not? Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you? Uh, maybe if you disagree with, you know, the, the macro environment of the platform, sure. But like, if you're interested in, uh, finding more audience, then what's the harm? I think if you don't really right now care about platform revenue, if it's not going to impact your YouTube revenue, post both on on both platforms. Why not? And then there's there's no there's not much harm in windowing content, meaning going live on YouTube first and then uh, X second. But I don't think you should feel as a creator you have to. Like, I don't think th- th- there's a moment in time right now where you're like, if I'm not posting video here, then I'm I'm losing out on a ton of opportunity. Um, I still think right now, you know, YouTube is the place to focus on. Um, build your library 
so that if people discover a new video of yours, they can watch the rest of the catalog and become a fan. That's like the most important thing mm-hmm. in, in becoming a video creator. Uh, but you can make moments on X. Mm-hmm. All right, it feels like we're in the deep end right now. If you're unfamiliar with that term, it means all of you who are here with us at the end of the episode. You're in deep. You're in deep with You're us. not getting out. <laughs> you're here till the end. That's what it means. If you're here with us right now, let us know. Let us know we're not alone. Before we go, my yeah. last take is, is this. I'm not happy about the name changing yeah, to X. Yeah, me either. Right? Me either. It's so hard. But I've gotten over it. I'll deal with it. I do think the logo should incorporate the old bird logo in some way. And I found one that I really like. Okay. And I will put it up on the screen for everyone to look at. Can I see it? You can see it in a second. (laughs) Okay. But this logo, in my opinion, which I found on Twitter, should be the logo. Okay. That's it. Look, I'm okay with the name. I'm not okay with the logo. All right. I said my piece. Thanks for watching and listening to this episode of The Colin and Smear Show. We'd love to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on X videos? <laughs> X videos? That sounds like- That's yeah, a porn That's website. a problem. That's a problem. That's yeah. a problem. So I am, I'm not okay with the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for watching and listening to this episode of The Colin and Smear Show. We'd love to hear your thoughts on posting videos on Twitter. Have you done it? Uh, what is your experience like? Do you think this is a actual player in the future of the creator economy or just a moment in time? We'll see you next week. Right.